The Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast is sponsored by Steeped Coffee. Steeped Coffee is a new brewing method that combines specialty craft coffee into a single serving bag. You don't need a machine. You don't have to make a mess. All you have to do is add hot water wherever you go. Each steep pack is individually sealed. It's nitrogen flush, so it stays fresh. And it's got this special full immersion filter. And the filter is ultrasonic sealed, which means it's sealed together with no glue or no staples. So there's no weird stuff floating around in your coffee. Steeped is a benefit B Corp. They ethically source all their coffee. Their packaging is fully compostable. And they believe that business should be done without compromise. You can get your hands on steeped coffee packs at steepedcoffee.com that's s-t-e-e-p-e-d coffee.com asking your local retail stores to start carrying steeped or having your favorite roastery reach out and kind of get in touch if you're in santa cruz come on by any of the cat and cloud locations we have it there for you basically they're just doing their best to change the coffee industry make your life more convenient with their pre-portioned pre-ground innovation so tell all your friends have you ever killed anybody (laughs) nope on the record and off the record what's the closest you've come that's a great question. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't think I've come very close at all. <laughs> I don't think I've come very close. Uh, I hit black ice once and spun out on a <laughs> on a on a, a legit turn. And if it would have slid any further, I would have like rolled off the side of a like a fifteen foot embankment. But the trees would have stopped me. Ooh, car wrecks are narnar. I'm trying to think. I don't think there was anything like that I ever did that was like terribly sketch. I hit black ice once. I hit black ice once. You ever hit black ice before? I pulled a prank on my friend where I gave him just rat poison in a sandwich. (laughs) Nope, didn't do that. I got a corrections corner. Oh, cool. Well, we get correct from. We're correcting. Well, we got corrected by my mom. (laughs) Cool, dude. What's your mom say? (laughs) I woke up this morning. And she's all, I read your post on Instagram and I listened to the podcast. What the hell are you talking about? You don't have any friends. And then she <laughs> sent me like a list of my friends. <laughs> You're she all, sent me this, before that age. This super long text. And I was like, well, I was like, I was kind of talking about this time period. Like <laughs> she sent me a list of all the friends that I had that were my friends and good friends when right. I was like a little kid. Like from the time I was, I don't know, like. You know, you have those little kid friends, like people that you go to preschool and kindergarten with and right up through third grade or whatever. And then I transferred schools into fourth grade, which is when I remembered that story that I told about, like, I feel alone. I'm walking. Well, that's a that's what that's a legit trauma. And then there's that period from basically until in between like freshman and sophomore year of high school. Right. Where I met like my skate crew friends. Where I felt like this void or whatever, but my mom's like, "You went to the new school, and people always wanted to talk to you, and like you were always hanging around." <laughs> and I was like, "Well, I didn't really feel connected to anybody." Yeah, you're all. I played the thing. Like, uh, yeah, sports don't make you feel like, connected people, to anybody. She's like, "You were." You, I was like, "I don't know. I felt like I always hung out with people that I didn't want to." Or uh, you're like obligated to I, kick it with the home. I mean, I was walking around by myself. That shit was real. But yeah, they I'm, came to me. Sorry, mom. <laughs> So she was like, you know, do you know how that makes me feel? And I'm uh-huh. like, well, I'm not trying to hate on you. Or like, <laughs> like, was like, it your fault? I'm not like hating on your parenting or anything like that. But that, so sorry, mom. I love you. You did a good job. But you didn't make me any friends, mom. Well, I didn't have any friends. So <laughs> did you, mom? <laughs> like that was your mom's, like her job is not to make your friends for you. So you play with my son. I know. 
That's you the way son to, of a bitch. That's the way to not get friends for Just, sure. They're all, yeah, I don't know. I I would hang out with Chris, but his mom always calls and is like, "Are you coming to pick my son up or what?" <laughs> his mom's <laughs> always setting up play dates with me personally, not Just, even talking to my mom. <laughs> She keeps on calling me. She I'm did, just trying to play Zelda, dude. She did that till I was 20 years old. It was weird. <laughs> Mom, quit calling my friends. Did you just reminding you to text Chris today? Oh, dude, that's something my mom would actually do. Oh God, love you, Mom, but she would. She'd be like, "Today's uh, just in case you're wondering. Today is like so and so random friend from like 15 years ago. It's their birthday, and I'm all okay. <laughs> thanks, Mom. Uh, just in case you wanted to text him, thanks for letting me know. Nope, can't do it." I'm like, no. I'm sitting with your dog, Gino, who I love, and he definitely loves me. He's oh, like... He's all up in that ear. He is, and then he's all like, if it's the not ear. the ear, it's the face. If it's not the face, it's the beard. If it's not the beard, it's the nose. If it's not the nose, it's the eyes. Just me, you hear my voice? Just me closing my eyes and my mouth a little. He loves to lick the jar. Yeah, <laughs> part, part of the text she sent was, you used to be a real happy-go-lucky kind of guy. Are you, are you rewriting your own memory or what? <laughs> oh, we do that. <laughs> we do that. It's possible. That's, that's some good uh, psychoanalyzation from so mom. Like, right oh, maybe I am. Maybe I'm. Maybe I was actually really fucking popular, and I just forgot. I mean, maybe I, was I was known, but I wasn't. Maybe I was the king of the world. I was known. Uh, people knew who I was. I was known, dude. I it was, was a known thing. It was almost like. Uh, it was more like. Uh, you're. You're like. You give a lot. You don't get a lot. That was more what it felt like. That's it was fair. a give, not get. I got like the charity, but I didn't. I was like only like my tight bro, John. John <laughs> Clark, John and Jen, dude. John and Jen. They were the tightest of the tight. And some other ones too. You know, we had like the Kelly, a couple of Kellys. My class was like 85% girls. What year was this? What grade? All About of them. all. Because we were in, in private school. You stay with your class basically from like oh yeah eighth yeah. grade on so it was the same class mostly so like high school the whole high school so like yeah i was super tight with six people probably but like see i had i had a really good childhood friends and we would play a lot and that was when we started playing basketball and we would play like right. at the y and then slam and jam was like the more yeah, y was yeah. like the fun league and then that was like the competitive league so we right. had that squad and we hung out with those people a lot but then there was like this break where I started getting interested in different stuff than them. Right. That's and, when it gets weird. And I remember even my my friend Mike, who was like one of my best friends. Dirty Mike and the Boys. Dirty Mike and the Boys. I, I showed up to his house one day and it was right when I started. So this was probably like sixth grade or something. But I was showed up in skate shoes. And he was like, what are those? Like, what are you wearing? Because we all, were all basketball It was all, yeah, it was all like basketball Jordans, shoes no jordans uh, you know you would have like ones yeah you have the bag like okay these are my chilling shoes these are the court shoes that you only put on inside and that was our only inside you know that was like our thing and then he's like what the hell are those he's like those are kind of ugly and i'm like oh they're skate shoes and he's like what and i could <laughs> tell like i started changing the way i dress a little bit right pivoting from like the sports thing to more of the skate thing and i could tell his dad was like looking at me like He's all this kid's going through he's, a phase. He's uh, turning into a hoodlum yeah, or something. I bet you he's doing the marijuana. Yeah, <laughs> which I was not. Yeah. <laughs> but there was this like, oh, interesting. Here. Those transitions are interesting. They're super weird. And then, I mean, I had a, a lot. Again, to be fair to my mom who's writing this message, like, I don't think I had any more than anybody else. You know, it's our. Right. 
It's but just noticing. It's just noticing. So I'm not saying like, oh my God, like my life was the fucking hardest thing ever, but I always have struggled to find a place where I actually fit in. So Me I, too. And I remember, so we went to private school. We both went to private school. And then I remember I switched schools in fourth grade. And then that fourth to like the freshman year of high school was the gnarliest. Mm-hmm. So I, I did fourth grade, fifth grade, and then in sixth grade, transferred into the public school system for the first time ever yeah i never got to do that and all of a sudden so you go from like a class of i don't know there's like 10 to 15 people say, yeah. in your class not a Up lot to of 45 people. if you have a huge class and then in yeah in a public school it's just like holy shit there's so many people Thousands. in here like i was like wow the school's so big and there's like all these people in the class and they'd all been going to school together since forever yep. and they all knew each other They're and they all had tight. a thing and there's like all different kinds of people mm-hmm. it's like whoa like this guy's doing they're, you know they're just like gangsters and yeah like i don't know it's weird because you don't realize, which I don't even know how I ended up going to private school. It doesn't make sense because we talked about this. We were both like the most poor people in private school. Like yeah, we never had a lot of money. I don't know how so I ended poor. up going there, but it was super weird. Like the public school system was pretty shocking to me. I was like, wow, I feel mm-hmm. kind of intimidated. I bet. And scared. All I wanted to do is go play public school basketball so I could actually get better. Right. Because I yeah. was like, I'm at the, I'm like big fish, small pond, ponding it a little bit without like, nobody's teaching me yeah to get you, better it's crazy like the the sphere of influence you get like i had my eyes open culturally a lot and i was like whoa mm-hmm. that's crazy and then i kind of wrote it out not really plugged into anywhere through junior high school it was weird but then i remember when i got into high school i got kind of adopted right by these two dudes sean and brandon and i was a freshman and they were, I think, juniors or something oh, like yeah. that. And That's I was like, cool. damn, you guys are hella old. And they were like super cool skateboarder dudes. Yeah. And I was kind of, I would like. You were like in the click? Yeah, they were like their own thing. But they're like, what's up with you? And I was like, I don't know. They're like, you skate? And I'm like, yeah. And they were they were pretty funny. They, they, just, they would just give me shit all the time. Like right. they were down with me, but they picked on me like a motherfucker. And I remember one time I was at. Uh, Cause I got so, I don't know. I was like having a weird day or something, but I was super pissed. And then Sean, who he was one of the dudes and he was like, you remember gleeking? Oh yeah. Yeah. So gleeking. It's like, like <laughs> a non way to spit. It's like, yeah, it's like, it's like clear it's like spit sl- trickle. Launching like- your salivary glands <laughs> yeah. somehow. Like, yeah. Getting them to just like squirt. Yeah. Squirt. <laughs> Squirting was real big in high school. <laughs> gleeking was the thing. And he was just like, he was gleeking on me, gleeking on me. They were hazing me because I was the kid. And I yeah. was like, dude, stop. I'm not I'm not with it today. He kept doing it. I'm like, stop. And I was like, bro, if you do that one more time, I swear to God, I'm going to just hawk the biggest fucking loogie on you ever. And he gleeked on me one more time. And I was all... <gasps> And I like spit a gnarly looking like all over his sweatshirt. And he was probably like six foot two. Like he was a tall dude. And he yeah. like stood up and he's like, what the fuck? And I ran away and I didn't, I like, Girl, and we were never friends. I again. was kicked out of the club for like two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got let back in. But then the, the homie, um, Mike, who I didn't know, there was this guy, Mike, who lived on the other side of town. They had a, a crew that was closer to my age, they ate lunch in the cafeteria and there was like 12 of them. 
there's like a whole crew. They all like rode the bus together yeah, and they like squad for forever. And he somehow ended up talking to me and he's like, dude, you should come eat lunch with us. And I was like, are you, <laughs> you sure? Like, super, super cool dude for a sec. Yeah, I was like, really? He's like, oh yeah, you should totally come eat lunch. And I was like, oh. Dude, that stuff. I was that's like, pretty sick. Yeah, yeah, it was super stressful. And then I went to eat lunch with him and that ended up being like my super click. That yeah. was when I was like, oh, these are the homies. These are like, you the, like had a minute. Yeah, these are like the good, like like Josh, Mike, Kyle. You have no idea who the fuck I'm talking about, but these are the people who you become dogs, like Josh, Mike, Josh, Kyle. Mike, Kyle, the other Kyle, <laughs> Nico. <laughs> we we ran with this dude named Nico, Nico K, who was somehow a bodybuilder at a super young age. Who dude, was like those super ones, those high school jacked, bodybuilder yeah. people. Those people are weird. He was super good people, weird. the funny people. Oh, he was dope, dude. He would talk about like his creatine, like his supplement stack. We and I was one. like, dude, you're like 14 or whatever. What like, his last name? Craig. And uh, I can only think of my boy. And uh, yep. It was Craig, like a, amazing how yoked he was. <laughs> it was pretty tight. Loved but weightlifting. after that, like, yeah, I felt like I had friends for sure. I was like in yeah. the zone. That, the, that was like the, crew that i ran with well that's the thing though you go through those phases so it's like i think my thing is i was just like living with imposter syndrome the whole time it was like just made obvious you're the poor kid hanging out with the rich kids so i just never felt like i like fit in right that whole thing we talked about last week and then you kind of go from the one phase so it, it was like growing up it was dustin and kobe <laughs> those were kobe, two dogs <laughs> kobe was like the rich parents, so we were always at his house, just running around by ourselves, like you know, eating stuff, playing Nintendo. Only rich people name their kids Kobe. Yeah, anyway. dude, and they had <laughs> yeah, and they had all the cool stuff, like they had their little ATVs out back, so we'd ride their little motorcycles on their little their four wheelers. Like sometimes we'd go to like to the golf course, and I'd be like, "This is so weird." He can just like walk in and order food, and it gets paid for somehow, and we get to like eat club sandwiches mm-hmm. and have like iced tea. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, "This is nuts," and then. Then from there, it was like transition to a different private school. And then it was like learning, getting new friends again. My one Jen, Jen Clark now, like I had one girl who was like my best girlfriend the whole time through. And then she ended up marrying my best guy friend, John, who I oh, made yeah. when I went up there. And so it was like, then there was a transition there where I like, that's like what? Eighth grade through senior year, you like grow tight. And then you're still poor, so you can't really do the same things they do, and you don't have the direction. So there's this like disparity where they like took care of me, but I always like felt like I was like the outsider, right? Even though they probably didn't feel that way, I don't I think for sure they that probably didn't, they feel, didn't that feel that way. way at all. For some but reason, I did. Yeah, it was weird because I don't. I realized that late. Like I was oblivious to how money worked until like way, way later. Oh, dude, and that I was don't early. I, I don't know why, and it, like. So I had kind of the same thing. Like my friends Mike and Paul, they lived on the other side of town and had gigantic houses that were yeah. basically like mansions all and, my and like whatever yeah. they want. You know, mm-hmm. all the cars were new, like new Mercedes, new BMW, yep. like back in the day. That Always. Was like, that was like the hot shit. But for some reason, I never put that together. I was like, oh, they just have a like a, a like a nicer house than me, or like a bigger house than yeah. me, or like oh, they just have like we had. Um, I barely remember it and i think i mostly remember it through pictures but like we had like a ford tempo or no we had a ford pinto i had a nissan Sentra. a yellow pinto was the like two-door thing was like the car and then when my brother was born when i was like two and a half we got a a ford tempo yeah you burgundy color you get it to the next i was like damn that is hot shit but i i never thought that like oh our car is worse than the like the mercedes or the bmw the 
the biggest time that I became aware of there was like a difference going on was honestly when the culture started to shifting. When mm. I started getting more into like this, the skateboarding like this stuff. stuff. Oh, I get like, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for some reason that made me more aware of the money for yeah. whatever reason. I don't know because it was almost like people like us don't really do stuff like that, right? And then I just uh, that might be good parenting in that context because I think that's like sorry parents but that's the thing like it was very clear to me at a very young age that we didn't have money and i knew way too early about the money dynamics yeah you can barely go to this school we can barely afford it i'm all cool thanks for sharing how poor we are like i'm just going to school yeah i think my parents did a good job with that because i when i was like younger i had no no clue yeah like no clue like i was just like cool we just live in this house we do this stuff other people do different stuff and that we're just i don't know they're just like live on a different part of town like which was rad because i at that point in time like when my mom was telling me you had friends when you were a kid like i didn't at that point feel different than them until we started doing different things yeah and then it was i don't know i don't know what it was I honestly feel like I could sense a vibe from the parents more when like the culture started oh, shifting sure. to where they're just like, why? What? You, you, what they're all time to push you off a little. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, they never, they were always super nice to me. You sure. know what I mean? They never said anything. It was more of like, like an I, intuitive sense. Kinda, yeah. I was like picking up on a feeling to where they're like, maybe even seventh sense, huh, Chris? Like what the heck is going on? But they were all like, dude, do you remember your friend's parents? They were crazy. Like my, everybody, <laughs> dude, my friend, Mike, Dirty Mike. Dirty Mike, who was one of my best friends, we used to play ball together all the time. And he was pretty good. Like, he was he was good. He was better than me for sure. He was probably like the equivalent to you, to where he always went to private school too. Right. He was like starter on the team, private school, like just the guy. Pretty you know, pretty dude. good at ball. But dirty, like dirty Mike. Against the public school over. like yep. squad, it's like hard to Little tell. Little different world. Right. Yeah. And, and then but his dad was like really intense about it. And his dad's mm. like, You're gonna be in the NBA. Oh, You're gonna do the thing. You're in the point zero eight percent, dog. Yeah. So we would I would go to his house. For sure you would. And if he hadn't done his drills, shot his free throws, and did like all the practice that his dad mandated. We couldn't hang out and do anything no else. No way. And like we couldn't even play one Over on basketball. Yeah. Like we would go play one we would play one on one all the time, you know, or go sure. down to do pickup games at the park or whatever. But his dad wouldn't even let him do that until he did his drills first. He's like, You didn't do your drills yet. You gotta do your drills. He's like, You just go in and play one on one, you're gonna pick up the bad habits and I that's bet not you that kid's got some problems. That's not what you need to, <laughs> to like do it and off it. At the time, I thought it was cool. I was like, oh, that's cool. He's doing drills. And then as I got older, I was like, man, this is fucking weird, dude. Yeah. That's... And also, you're dope, but you're not going to be in the NBA. And you're, you're, hey, shut oh. up. Your dad should know that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, not in like, a, not in a discouraging kind of way, but it's like, you know, your son gets to be 16. You can tell where they stack up against everybody in the rest of the world, and it becomes pretty clear if you've got someone who's on track to be in the league or not. Yeah. But his intensity never let down. He was like that intense sports dad. Man, I'm like trying to get in the head of first. Well, not get in the head literally, because I'm like that sports dad is pushing somebody on like an unnecessary level. Because in my mind, I'm like, bro, dad, you got to (laughs) like... Your kid, you need to put your kid around the best talent in the world if you want them to get to that level. You can't just have them doing drills on their own, one. Two, you must be somehow believing that your kid's going to get to some sort of D-something college, but 
I'm in Modesto, yeah. so you're not getting to the D college that you need to get to. Like, no, I just it's so funny people's brains how they work. They're like, yeah, it's like such. It's it's like a miss on reality and context and everything. It's so crazy. Dude. The only thing that I can think of is that maybe his dad never had that attention and it was his different way of trying to teach some kind of discipline or something like that. Well, no, I, that's cool. Like I get that, but I mean it's it, but totally. But it was pretty intense. I was going to say it's almost like that you got to get your homework done first. So like parts of that I get. It's almost to this that's that's pretty intense. But it it's yeah, cuz it was like the to the point of where Dude, we just want to play basketball. He's not even letting us play basketball yeah. until homie does the drills, which is just, I don't know. Well, the fun element <laughs> makes people better at stuff, too, which is like people didn't know that back in the day as much as they know now. Like the science is clear. If you can have fun with something, you're going to naturally become better at it. So that's a thing that if you take the fun away from a kid, right? they're never going to want to do the thing that they might be epic about. At. Totally. Yeah. And he... Or he it now. started to grade on him after a while. Did he quit? Um, he still played casually, but yeah. it, I think there was a pretty hard taper. He For quit sure. pretty quick after we started, like stopped hanging out. Yeah, you know, he played through high school. It was basically the was same like as the you, same like literally the like, exact same it thing, and then yeah. walked away. Uh huh. Because like Chico State put out, we'd we'd put out people who could go. They'd go play like uh, Euro League. Like we, I right. definitely had a couple friends who made Euro League. A couple friends who. Uh, well, he wasn't a friend, I guess. A, a dude who was a few grades ahead, though, who ended up going and like being at the time like the best three point shooter for like Arizona State or Arizona. So like D one players would we'd progress to D one from, yeah. from like whatever they they'd leave our town. So we definitely had like the skill set, and I'm sure Modesto had a few. That we There's got a to few, some of those levels. Yeah, and there was there, there were some good ballers that we ran with. Like it was funny because. We never talked about, or Mike never talked about this dude, but our homie Eric. Right. Eric, we used to play, his parents owned, I thought it was like the like the craziest. I was like, oh my God, your parents own a business? This is fucking savage, oh, dude. Right. You guys are ballers. It was literally like a slightly bigger version of a convenience store. It was yeah. like a tiny little, funny? it was like a little brains. Asian market, you know? And there was a, like a scene out of a movie. So in the back room of the market, there was a stock room and there was literally like uh one of those peach bucket uh basketball hoops like oh a, legit old school yeah Dude. and it was just something rigged up That's there so there was sick. like a you know plywood Straight with a little Hoosiers. yeah exactly with like a little bucket and we used to play one-on-one back back there like on a and it was 10 foot and everything yeah it was probably like, like nine somewhere yeah, yeah. yeah. but yeah. it was high it was high enough it was high it wasn't enough. like kids rim no 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 yeah. it wasn't like a footer or anything yeah. like that it was like as high as we could get was still because the ceilings weren't super high oh, so it was so, inside it was inside okay, yeah it was inside, it was inside. Got it, got it, got so it was like in the actual stock room but he ended up like he grew like a motherfucker ended up being really good he was younger than me and i remember because i played summer league it was i was in 10th grade yeah i was in 10th grade playing summer league for the high school i went to right and he was still in junior high playing summer league oh. varsity he, for like the high school yeah so he was playing with he was seniors a yeah he was a natural and tall and big yeah yep. he was like he was strong he was he was uh-huh he was the truth i can't even remember what he wanted to do but you know Mike was like, yeah, Eric's pretty good. And I'm like, Eric's hella good, dude. Yeah, he's also <laughs> kid. He's not even been able to put the work in. Like, I, don't, I do the drills every he's day. He's not even school. doing the drills, and he's kicking ass. His dad's not even no, making him the do the drills. Feeling. It's like, I could do that if I was that tall. And it's it like, was, you're not that tall. Yeah, it was funny because oh, Eric's hurts. parents were mad chill. 
Yeah. Like we would go kick it and we would help stock the store and they're like, yeah, just go play in the back. Do the whatever you guys want to do. Like whatever. Right. Or go ride your bikes. Like I don't give a shit. <laughs> right. Be kids. <laughs> yeah. Just go be kids. Go be kids. We got a convenience store to run. When Eric's like killing it and you know, it'd be like, well, he's better at some stuff. I'm like, he's better at everything. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much the better athlete. <laughs> I saw that. It was interesting. I saw um this dude. Have you heard of the guy Taco Fall who's in the NBA right now? He's like a no. young. He's, his he's, name's Taco. Yeah, he's like seven, seven or seven nine or something like that. Jeez, super super tall. Sick. But they were doing the comparison, so it was like a, it was like Kyrie Irving height, point like zero three or zero zero eight percent chance of making the NBA at that height. Yeah. And then versus him, and he it was still like a three percent chance of making the NBA, but the chance like went from like almost not like hundreds of a tenths, so hundreds, yeah, hundreds of a percent to like three percent just based on height alone. How tall you are, yeah. Yeah. Which was pretty interesting. I was like, Yep, that's the thing I was always jealous of. Those tall dudes can like they can get quick they can get up there. They can just put their arms up and they're like a little bit better than everybody else and be yeah. a little bit closer to that rim. You can't really do anything with that. It's dude, NBA. It sucks. I had a brief moment of shine um from probably 6th to 10th grade or no you get tall? I grew faster than everybody like <laughs> I was a, I was as tall as I am right now yeah. like when I started high school like, I didn't really grow in high school at all oh okay so when you're you, you I was the first one to like five foot nine yeah and I had size 11 shoe and they're like oh you're gonna be big like you're gonna be oh, elite. Right. you're gonna Classic. be like just like you, the dog you're growing fast you know toss. you're gonna be like six one six two that'll happen that never happened I basically just am like normal size with a little bit bigger foot than well, average <laughs> i'm a freaking miracle because i was 410 in eighth grade and then i jumped up to like i ended up being whatever five nine five ten but here's here's my family dynamic mom five four dad five three five. sister five foot flat jer five ten <laughs> five made nine. It, dude freaking literal miracle yeah. There was a blessing upon me between some sort eighth of like grade weird, and freshman year. Weird like, DNA thing. That's all oh we're going. Man, we're going to reveal ourselves. Maybe I got here. the RBST. There, maybe someone in your past. Yeah, my I was like pretty normal. My whole or family. I'm an illegitimate pretty, child. You might be adopted for sure. <laughs> You're like this is the real reason you felt left out of the family. No, nope, I look too much like You're, when I was little. I looked too much like my mom. I could see you and your yeah, mom. I'm like in, your I'm mom in the fam. for sure. And actually, yeah. now my dad too. I'm for sure a family kid, but. Yeah, it's funny to draw the parallels. You look more like your mom, I think. And, I but do. when I see you next to your dad, I can tell. It's certain facial expressions. Which is funny because your dad is like totally doesn't look really anything like you. Nah. Because of his like steez or whatever. It's, <laughs> it's <just laughs> because of his steez. vibe. He's got the steez. He's you got the I mean? Portuguese slick He's back like hair. His whole thing. He's trained his hair, everybody, to just so you know, to like mini mullet. <laughs> it's pretty he, dope. He it's tamed it. He tamed the mullet, but dude, he went through when the mullet was hot. He used to have the, cr he was basically like, uh, the ultimate Mel Gibson hair, dude, back in the day. It's just like the dangling out the back cash money records. Oh, geez. Well, that's all just came out of the corrections corner. The corrections corner. You can be a baller too. You grow <laughs> enough and do, do enough good stuff. Freaking balling is Freaking so hard. So hard. I wrote, I wrote a shit ton well, that's that's not true. I did write a shit ton, but what I'm going to deliver to you and K Hut, I wrote a um, like a a lot of slides that can be like you know expounded upon with some thoughts around leadership and traits and stuff. And I went ham on it, and I had one of those fun moments where I was just like in the zone that's yesterday. So Although that's like should probably be 
obvious at this point because that's I think what I'm most excited about. But um, part of my homework before I leave for Hawaii, you guys won't hear me on the podcast in the next couple of weeks. Waka waka because I'm gonna go get basically free living in Hawaii. So wah wah free living and a free base. <laughs> yeah, dude, all I got a free base. He's gonna free base some turtles. <laughs> I'm gonna free base some salt water. Can't but wait to free base. My homework is to deliver like in some like content for you and Chris and Dex pound upon to put together in some form of like approach to leadership development. And uh, I had a lot of fun doing that yesterday just because so much is happening right now that it's really you and I have been talking about it what? off the scenes and a little bit through these podcasts and then with our team, but just like our approach to leadership and connecting the dots to values and the soft skills we talked about last week. That stuff is so fresh that I'm like, re-energized by it and i'm really looking forward to it. i like firmly believe what i even put in just like the base level fast forward a few years from now and we probably will have like a half day a full day and like a three-day teaching course on it just it was so easy to be like damn that is so much to unpack yeah in like 20 <laughs> slides that's so sick and that I, are just words that's cool that you got energized for that because i love teaching that stuff but i've been struggling lately because i'm like are we like i don't know <laughs> i feel like i have too many words for it right now so dude I'll, I'll when i come back you can just like let me talk and record it and we could turn it into content after you have to you know i have to get through my words yeah but, you know no, like, i feel I could free base it <laughs> here's the thing is i feel like we could generate a ton of that content yeah the way we're rolling right now and the frustrations that i'm having i'm like are we even living up to what we say we are right now because i feel like we're not oh no we have to live in a growth mindset i've come to terms with that and it's the well, ideals and like living up to i think we're we're living do you up have to go potty <laughs> his dog i think you were noticing the places where we're not living up to it which is different than I not think i have up to, to take it. him outside because he has diarrhea we'll put a pause on it you got poo poo you're worried about his diarrhea all this riff all this riff for five to twenty if i was left in a room by myself with recording gear i'd talk about what was on my mind in the moment um okay i carry stress and I get anxiety. It's super not fun. What happens when I do it is I think about all the things that affect other people in our business. And it's super hard because you're like, hey, this is what I could do. And if all these things came together, then this thing wouldn't happen or that thing wouldn't happen. And it wouldn't suck for them and it wouldn't suck for me. And the owner group would look as cool as we could look. And I guess to speak on what Chris was saying right before, are we living up to the values? No. But nobody's perfect, so I don't expect us to live up to every value every day. I expect us to understand where we're falling short and to be able to lean into those things and find balance in the team for support in those areas when we are having a hard time. People naturally are going to live up to different kinds of values. They're naturally going to step into places where they shine and in times of stress they're going to fail at the things that they're least naturally inclined to be great at and in times of growth they're going to have these little moments where everything's hard and so i try to look at our opening a store really really fast uh with an open mind knowing that the world won't stop 
Although it's really easy to make it feel like the world's going to stop. And that makes, that's one of the reasons that I end up getting like panic attacky vibes. Um, but man, let's talk about what happens when you get panic attacky vibes. You become hypersensitive about everything. Uh, everybody knows kind of the science of it, right? Coffee people, it doesn't help that we drink coffee because that already helps your system kind of flood with acid in the stomach and the stomach's the second brain. But when you have anxiety on top of coffee, that doubly happens in your stomach. It doesn't necessarily do anything. You don't like have to poop. You don't have to do anything, but it, it'll definitely trigger your brain to feel like something's up. And then you become hyper aware. Oh, my muscles are tight. What's going on with me? And you get in yourself in these little thought cycles of like feeling like something's wrong or you're in danger. That's what your body's telling you. And you're not in danger. But that doesn't necessarily make the feeling go away. And uh, at times of stress when there's a lot of people counting on you, it's easy to feel like you're in danger because that is a tribe of people who could theoretically leave you behind and be like, you know what? Screw that guy. He can't handle it. And we can't handle it, but that pressure is hard at times for business owners. So I think uh, something that happens to me personally is I, I think I'm gifted with the ability to see all the pieces connecting and to see the context pretty well for a lot of things and have this interesting empathy for all sides. And then you get to live with the stress of making a decision that doesn't make everybody perfectly happy or it adds work or adds stress or it adds layers and dynamics that you then have to essentially change to adapt to become your best versions of yourself as a company. And when those things happen, those decisions for people who care, such as myself, aren't, and Chris and Charles for sure, but here I am talking, they don't come as easy because the it feels like a lot. And if you are an idealist, you want to try to make everybody happy. And I'm actually pretty good at doing that most of the time. And so when it doesn't happen, it's extra painful for me. And uh, as you get further along into running a business, you have to plan for that. And I think I'm learning to plan for that so I can feel confident knowing that either hard conversations or letting people down or whatever that looks like. Those things aren't finite um, decisions. They don't, they don't necessarily, the cause is not going to have an effect that is as negative as my mind produces. So I have what's called all or nothing thinking or, you know, over dramatization of how bad things will be. And it's a defense mechanism that has served me well as a poor kid who had to, you know, wasn't traditionally good at school. I'm a system sort of person. I was good at like systematizing math and stuff like that, but that didn't really work in social dynamics very well. I had the, the attention issues. And so anyways, for somebody who is like me, wow, where'd I even go into ADD world? For someone like me who does stuff like that, I don't remember where I was going and that's why you need a co-host. So anyways, that's, that's, oh yeah, anxiety. It did manifest itself and then you live with it and you work with it and then you get a little bit better at knowing that your world will keep spinning. You'll survive. You should learn to take deep breaths and do little meditations to help through that process. Um, and then as you 
continue to get better at recognizing the triggers, which I'm still trying to figure out because sometimes it'll just happen in the car for no reason. I'll be driving and most of the time I think it's I'm stuck in traffic and probably I feel short on time or I feel like I need to get somewhere and you feel trapped, which makes you feel dangerous. But you'll get better at these things as you recognize them and you'll realize that if you could zoom out to like 30,000 feet that this decision right in front of you that you have to make that feels huge is pretty small in the context of months and years and it's better to make it and make it confidently than to dance around it because then you accidentally discount yourself and your leadership and your abilities to do things. Now, um, Chris is on his way back. That was my bender. My bender, man, I was monologuing so hard. It took me a minute. I don't actually know what I monologued. I monologued about stress. I monologued a little bit about stress and anxiety and recognizing that like little decisions, decisions that are in front of you that feel big, really, really big. If you can zoom out, uh, this kind that make you feel a lot of anxiety in the moments because they affect different ways. How, if you can zoom out and how you work towards that, that you can realize that those decisions in the bigger picture, in the context of months and years and weeks isn't as crazy and that like things will continue to move and you'll continue to move forward. But in the moment, it's not easy. You and your body's not recognizing that, but I also have to pee now. So that's cool. You monologue for a second. I'm going to monologue for a second. Stress. So wait, you monologue. Okay. I'm just thinking, I'm thinking about, okay. In your car. That's okay. That's okay. We we can tie it. Sometimes happens in my car, and I think it's usually when I have I feel like I have a shit ton to do, maybe stuck in traffic, unable to get to the place where I can start working on it, and mm. it makes you feel trapped and in danger, even though you're not. So what I'm realizing, because I was just about to go down a road that I am not even I shouldn't even go down this road. I need a platform to kind of unpack some of the things that have been stressing me out. And a way to funnel that energy. And I don't think this podcast is the way to funnel that energy. But I think one thing that I need to do with everybody is just kind of unpack our, uh, what do you call it? Like our, our vision and values and kind of get real specific about what are some of our goals here? Like what is our standard of performance? Like, what kind of level are we trying to take certain things to so that I can let some stuff go? Because I see too much. I see everything and it's really, really stressful. And the weirdest thing about having a values system is that you can use it to rationalize anything. So it's really easy to make really bad decisions and then rationalize it through the values system which is which is kind of gnarly. I also feel like I need to somehow give myself like a job description maybe. Maybe give myself some I don't I don't know what I need to, I need to I need to rein it in. My brain's all over the place. It's been really hard for me to focus lately. I don't feel like I've had like a ton of direction. Stress has put a clamp on my freedom. I don't really feel like I have any freedom. I feel like it's all just falling apart. I feel like, can you feel it, Jer? It's right there. Jared's back. Mel Gibson said it best. You can't take my freedom. You can't take That's what he said in my freedom. You can't take my freedom. I think I say it just like him, I'm pretty sure. Pretty much. Runs in my family because my dad's hair. Yeah. That's, it's Mel Gibson's that's fucking hair. real. 
Um, this just in. Great. We have uh, some lookalikes today for probably our third Halloween of dress Oh, up. who is it? It's Madison and Fuck yeah. Robert Wilcox. Fuck yeah, dude. You are played by Robert Wilcox and I am played by Madison. Fuck yeah. Dude, send pictures. Nicole to see yeah, Nicole Nicole posted it and I just re, I just reposted it. You know what I'm saying on the dude. gram while I was taking a whiz cuz for dudes it only takes one hand, okay? I might repost <laughs> that too. That sounds fun. It's, dude, I it's fucking great. love that. That makes me happy. Finally I can be happy. Jesus fucking Christ. All it takes and is all a it couple takes of minions someone dressing up <laughs> like me. <laughs> I want just to kind of validate my existence. Oh my gosh! Everybody, I I think that's normal. Everybody needs their existence validated. In fact, I think everybody needs to feel like they're able to collaborate and talk their shit with other people. That's I think the key. That's, I need someone to talk to. I need the. I need. Someone, well, therapist is a different thing, though, right? Do you, are you saying? Or are you saying therapist when you? Say I would that? love a friend that I could talk to. Go Oof. like outside the circle. A yeah, yeah. Bit. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. yep, yep, yep. Everything feels so embedded in the world of mm. Cat and Cloud that it's hard to get away from. And even sure. in like Slightly even in Santa Cruz, even. But yeah, not, totally. Just, just Be- a taste. Yeah. Because there's that. always that little bit of always a connection. There's yeah, there's always that connection. And I don't know if people can understand when I'm unpacking things that are frustrating for me. And they're able to disconnect that from the brand versus it's just I feel like a a pressure to always portray things in the most positive light possible mm. for people who are potentially going to be guests of the cafe. Okay. Right. Okay. Like, okay. like okay. I don't feel like it's fair for me to unload my stresses or whatever onto someone who maybe they're a really good friend, but they also go into the cafe. They should be able to have that cafe experience without worrying about some of the things that stress me out. Yeah. That being said, it would be nice to talk through some of those things with someone who's completely unassociated, which I don't know who that is. So, I know somebody who'd be like, you could join like a business group or something of the sort. I don't fucking want to join a business group. I hate fucking business people, dude. They're the worst. I, dude, I'm so with you. <laughs> Aren't they so lame? Well, I'm just like, Ooh. I wish that wasn't true, but the more like, it's even... I'm not even saying that we're cool when I say this. But oh, we're you, fucking cool. <laughs> Thanks, Let's man. just do this. Uh, well, Someone dressed up for us as Halloween. Well, cool. We're okay, definitely so cool. That is a validating no, I get you, point though. on cool. I feel you. What I mean is this. like the way, the way that we talk and approach things, I think, is a lot more heady, philosophical. It's like this mishmash between logical and idealistic, right? Where we're trying to like... It's almost like we're yin and yanging ourselves and able to like... Because of that, there's a lot more reality in connection for real people and then you hear these business owners who are so fucking ego inflated with themselves and it's most of the time to me an easy read that they're they're like super sensitive to how not awesome they actually are like they're they're overly uh Oh my gosh, they aren't confident. They'll say it like, like they're that. peacocking a little bit. Well, yeah, but I I was I just couldn't find the word in my brain right then. But yeah, they're they're like they're they have this false confidence that they're needing to portray because they're actually um, missing it. And then the way they talk about things, it's like they don't even have really good ideas. It's only money focused. I, I, whether we mentioned it in the last podcast or you and I just talked about it together, like the focus of their business is just the dollars in and the quality out. And uh, that's it. And that's just soulless to me. 
And that seems to be the general focus of business is like, how do you optimize the cost of goods, the bottom line financials, and how do you use people to do it? Cause that's what they're there for. Cause that's what business is. And I don't, I think that's the general overarching look, especially living so near to San Francisco and Silicon Valley, the rat fucking losers of the world to me. <laughs> Not the people who work for them. The people who run those things are just looking to optimize the amount of cash money it feels like and peacocking how awesome they are. No, dude. You're That's where Silicon Valley comes from. I mean, you're entitled to that opinion, and I feel you on that one. And, and it's... <sighs> it's just painful I, to me. Dude, it's fucking whack. Like, I don't want to sit with anybody who is a self-proclaimed entrepreneur. I'm like, you right. can go fuck yourself. Right. If you use that word to describe yourself, I'm probably not going to be a good friend of yours. There might be a couple exceptions here and there. There might be a couple people who actually, well, that's a fucking whole nother level. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even, so, so much shit I can't say. But and yeah, I feel you. I'm just like, I fucking hate money. I don't even want to make money. I I'm wish like, I didn't have like, to make money. Money fucks everything up. So bad. Money makes e money is just the fucking dilution of dreams. It's like every time you have an idea, you want to do it. And then because of money, you end up with a like a watered down, fucked up version of it that you have to pretend works because <laughs> you're like trying to sell it. And you're like, yeah. This and it's catch twenty two when you're the leader, right? So it's just like, yeah, this is my dream. Believe in it, and you're. And sometimes I'm like, this actually isn't at all what I picture inside my head. This is just like some some other right. like thing. Well, to be an artist and a leader, though, and I'd say you're the next level of that. I'd say I have the artist mind with like the leader's passion. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> super fucked. Hey, is that the title of our book? <laughs> the artist mind with a leader's passion? <laughs> Could be. Oh my god! But somebody was... <laughs> call a publisher right now. My no, I can't deal with a publisher, and here's why. I was just talking to Brittany about this. This dude Dermot Kennedy, who I like, <laughs> Dermot? musician Dermot. Yep. Oh yeah, the Irish right? guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Killed it. Street performing artist. Went and saw him. Actually, Carol came. Whatever. And and unbelievable, right? Progresses, does his thing, decides to release his like first full length album, right? Gets signed. And it sounds poppy and it sounds affected and it sounds like not the guy I fell in love with his music with. And while it makes sense, Brittany's like, yeah, you have to understand, like, it's still like he's still got elements of that, but he has to do this because he got signed. And I'm like, that's exactly what you just said. Cool. I got signed. I get to make money. And she's all, that's what he has to do to follow his dream. And I'm like, that is the problem in my brain of the whole thing. I'm like, in order to follow my dreams, I have to go work at google whatever that means and help and that's not even your dream probably you know what i'm saying like somebody created google because it was their dream and then they got backed by a ton of investors and now their dream probably isn't as pure as it used to be so on and so forth insert every other person in the world we're gonna get funded you're gonna get your shares and then you can actually use this money to chase your real dream and then you go back right into that same rat race probably well, that, because that's, that's how it fucking seems to work and it's so painful for me don't i will literally give you a hug <laughs> <laughs> good one um i gino does this thing where he when when he hears people talking with passion yeah. he thinks they're arguing my dog is super sensitive like when jenny and i have conversations that are like even a little bit intense even if we're just like really happy he gets super freaked out 
and he just doesn't know what to do. I feel you. It's super weird because here's the thing, though. You can't – okay, you don't have to deal with a publisher because you can self-publish if you choose totally. to. Totally. In the same context that that dude can choose to DIY, do it himself, yeah. take a different path – and not deal with how the publishers are. So he's making a choice. Right. In the same way that if you choose to sign with X publisher, you're also making a choice. That's true. But, and That's I think true. I think it's a little bit more spread out now. So, you know, I keep dropping him. Andrew Schultz, he's like right. the ultimate DIY guy. James Altucher is like the ultimate choose yourself guy. Yeah, he is. And now there's I see um Simon Sinek has a publishing company now because he mm. wants to help writers who he feels like are in his similar vein get published when maybe they don't fit in to where like the the bigger company would mm -hmm. and it's like a that's neat i think it's Hopefully. a subs it's a subsidiary of penguin random house but he runs it and he's like effectively the ceo visionary sure. for that portion They'll of like the publishing generally approve the stuff right so it's like he's got a, like a hyper specific market going on and then every everything turns in to a compromise like Think of even the three of us. Oh, sure. Well, so sure. how much easier it would be if we didn't have to make that money? How how much easier would it be if instead of providing the living for three families, it was just one person? Yeah, or, or like none of the staff. It was just us and like a little deal. Right. I mean, yeah. it's... Right. Big dreams. Makes the, sense. Retail's gnarly because the ratio of overhead to money is kind of fucked. Generally, you're right. You have to be really efficient with all of it in order for it to be a really good business. For like the amount, uh, yeah, for the amount of staff you have, the amount of flexibility you have relative to the amount of money coming in isn't really. It's not like it's a bad business. No, I mean it's a viable business, but you do have to be intentional with every portion of it to do well. Which thankfully we have a Chuck who understood that. So yeah, but you're right. It's all. There is always push and pull. I guess what I like about the way that we approach it is that we aren't above recognize. It's almost like we're those, uh, we're those like philosophical artisty like old freaking writers who are just like, Mah! like we're we're not crotchety, but we're we're understanding of the realities and we're able to like vent about them and in places where other people are like, you need to put on the most perfect presentation of this so that you can sell more shit. And that's more like, you know what I'm saying? I see yeah. more of that where it's like, button up, show me the best Whoa. <laughs> show me the best pitch deck. Gino just jumped off of a plastic chair and you could tell it was a very uncomfortable move for him. Um, you know, like we want to be buttoned up. Don't get me wrong. I think I just see the beauty in not being perfectly buttoned up a lot of the time and being able to show that growth is way more connecting, connective to the world than the perfect apple I, per, you know oh i 100 percent agree with you and i I'd mean say the world's going that like starting to uh move back to a place where that's more accepted but that's not where the money is right now although it's starting i mean to the come, money can be there, there yeah. if you team it up with something that makes sense yeah god i have so many examples i just feel like i really can't talk about them without slamming ourselves and it and demotivating a lot of people that don't deserve to be demotivated right now that's fine we don't so have to. we won't go there and it's not <laughs> but we're on the yeah I, it's like nobody's fault but ours and i'm just like pretty disappointed in us right now if i'm being super honest about it yeah and that's part of the but that's part of the learning and that's i think uh, what's, no that's bullshit you i don't think so we do we do so many things that we know better 
We well, know better. <laughs> we do. We make so many excuses for things that shouldn't happen to do because we're just okay. We either think we have to. We can rationalize it through the value system, right? Or it's like theoretically ties back to this bigger mission of doing this, that, or the other. And in the meanwhile, right. and, and it's uh, I don't know. I think there's room for more for us to have more honesty with what we're doing and how it's affecting everyone around us and the picture that we're painting for everybody else to see inside the organization mm. and being like as solid being as solid as we're expecting everyone around us to be. That's where I think they're growing is though cuz I think that it isn't as clear until after the fact sometimes. I so know. For you it feels clear beforehand. It feels super clear. Sometimes it doesn't feel some of the details don't come until farther down the line for me. And then I'm like, oh, if this, that, and the other, that makes way more sense. Whoops. Versus um, versus just like, I feel like I don't just disregard. I just try to optimize with what I have. And maybe the difference is, is that I don't see in the way that you see, like we don't have to do whatever it is, X, versus I see like, okay, we have to. How can I optimize? We have to. And you might right. be like, we don't have I'm to like, at all. We don't have to do any of that. Right. And, and I think that's where you and I would differ in our approaches sometimes. Right, like, for sure. I'll overly trust an approach to something and be like, okay, well, if that's our best move, how am I going to make the best of it? Yeah, you're really good at that. You're way better at that than me. Because when those things happen, I'm like, I don't even want to fucking yeah, take part of I'm this. I'm not even going. Yeah, like, I don't even put my stamp on this. Yeah. It's a big, I'm not going to prom. Like, dude, it's super stressful for me. Like, everything oh, yeah. that we do, I feel like I put my name on it. Yeah. And when shit goes whack, I'm like, dude, I don't want to put my name on oh, that. Oh, I get that. And I hate feeling that feeling. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't want to feel that feeling. Totally. I want to feel like I want to put my name on everything, you know? Like, I want to be like, I want to be so proud that I'm like, that shit is fucking, yeah, I yeah. fucking helped build that with my, like, every part of this, like, we're on fire. Just lay your dick on the table, show Just fucking everybody. hold my dick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I want to feel that way, and I, I, when I don't, it's very, very painful oh, for yeah. me, and I, oh, yeah. And I don't know, like, sometimes I'm just like, man, do I not speak up enough? Do I not, like, get out in front of it? I think we've identified some of it. It's not. It's a little bit that we cart before the horse. It all. We've done that for three years, sort of out of uh, a forced necessity, and we realized that we forced stuff. And now well, there's we're, no we're necessity. Well, that's what I'm saying. A forced necessity. Yeah, okay, that's what that yeah. means to me. It's like right. we forced something that we actually didn't need to force. Then we're seeing it through when we probably didn't need to see anything through, and now it's too late. So we're seeing it through. <laughs> We're seeing all the things through. Yeah. And at then, the same time, and it's like, who can see through 50 different things well as three human beings? The answer is zero, in case you're wondering, okay? In case you're wondering. I, don't you, just do the math, okay? Totally. It's not possible. And, and I'm also thinking of some of the things. God, I hope this isn't going too far. Some, You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, nobody's perfect. The thing, well, here's the, the, the circle on this, though. It's like, as far as it is, quote, unquote, gone or how far we've gone, um down the rabbit hole of like starting a business it's not like any of it's unfixable so the whole point of us not doing more and more and more is to stabilize and then do more versus what we've done before it's just keep doing more we're gonna be fine we became yes people when we should have been no people i'm just trying to get my head in the zone of some of the things Deadlines, time zones, time zones, time zones. Yeah, dude, we're in Pacific Standard that in case you were wondering. PST, <laughs> right by the ocean. Mm -hmm. 
that we've given to people lately in the context of this is going to be hard. We need to all work through it together, which I totally believe in. How would that feel if that was given to me? Oh, that's why I talked about my my panic before. And I would I know be like, you guys are idiots. That's what I would say to version of myself. Yeah. I'm like, what? Like, how? How? Because th- there's, there's one version of bumps are going to come that's super true. There's like a version. There's part of business that's just like a roller coaster. And yeah, you yeah. have absolutely no foresight on. And yeah. that's one of the reasons where people are like, what do I need to learn before... I start a business and you'll right. learn everything you need to learn by having the business. Yeah. You know, you'll learn more than that than you will in a school or something. It's true. Yeah. You know, get a base, but mm-hmm. go, go for it. And then there's, there's some portion of it to where it just becomes like flagrant. Okay. <laughs> really? And you can, you know, there's like one little thing here, one little thing there, but like smart people are knowing like, yeah, it seems like the standard that you're asking me to live up to, you're not actually living up to yourself, even though you say you are, even though you believe in it, which is why I'm, mm. I was so excited when you're like, dude, I wrote a bunch of leadership stuff. Right. And I'm like, dude, that's awesome. I would love to do that. I don't even feel like I can. Yeah, yeah. Like, I know the con, like the content. Right. Like, I know what I would put on the paper, but I don't feel like I'm like, Here's what you need to be to be a leader when we're like, here's what you need to do because we're idiots. Or oh, dude, here's the caveats for me that save this. I don't actually, I'm pretty open with like when I'm in my one-on-ones on like that we're not crushing it on the level we'd like to be. The other part is we're pretty, we're pretty blessed with people who actually do believe who will literally hear what you just say kind of verbatim and be like, yeah, I know this is crazy and I still got your back. Yeah, which is that's ama- you know what I'm saying. That's like, amazing to me. Like that is like thank you, know. thank you. Yeah. I totally get it. it and then that's rad. Right? They're smart. They know. They're like, okay, we're going into like, but it, it, we're going to fight like Sauron and the rings. Not you know, like totally. the rings not in the in the volcano. So this is going to be real gnarly. I feel for a that, while. and then I totally feel that. But then I get in the the way way back machine, and then time travel machine, and be like, are we any different in the places that we left? Like we're doing oh, this, yeah. we're we, doing the same stuff. Yeah, no, we're yeah, we're different for sure. Right, but at what point do do the actions stack up more than the beliefs? And be like, well. Fundam, we are doing a lot of things. I was gonna better. say we're doing a lot of things better. We're doing a lot of things better. A lot, lot, lot. I mean, it's night and day comparatively. The push, the push is actually more aggressive than anywhere we've ever been. Ever. Oh yeah, I mean for sure. Which is which makes it worse in my mind. It makes it harder <laughs> that, to deal that, with. That portion is worse, right? but it's, everything else is better <laughs> for us. I sure, but sure, you have to you have to get through it to remedy it at this point and that's that's the thing like hey guys we have aggressive we made an aggressive growth plan that we laughed at at one point and now we're like yeah we're gonna get through it and it's not at all what we want it to be and everybody knows it and the thing that matters though to me is this for me it's not the same for you and i totally get that it won't be but our People are ultimately the main thing that make this special. And if they continue to do what they do and we continue to deliver our product well, and then we actually take care of it on the other side of it, which I fully plan to do, then it will be okay. It just won't be what 
my eyes had seen when I planned it. And that is the, I think my moment of growth and learning and adapting. And then I'm like, I see all the things that we could have done to make this not be a thing. These moves, the speed, the inefficiency, whatever. And I'm like, okay, let's not do that again. <laughs> but we already have done it a lot and that sucks. Right. For yeah, me, for I me. mean, so I, that's I, I, me. I resonate. I resonate. Dude, I took you out. You didn't go to the bathroom. You're being a jerk right now. This is classic. Hey, are, Gino, come here. Come here. You are, you're come being here. a jerk. Talk to, talk to Jer. Talk to a mug. He just looks at us and smiles. Yeah, I, I, I feel you on that. And I'm just like, damn, is it... Um, you're like Jer. If you did this to me, I'd be pissed at you, Jer. Well, no, it's just like I agree that we have really special people that can make things happen. They can make the best out of a situation. They can make the best best. out of a situation. But I'm thinking back to being those special people and being and listening to the things that we were told. It's just going to be better right after we get through this. It's just going to get better right after we get through this. If you can just hang on through this. If you can just hang on through this. And that dragged out. That was like pulled out so long we we're like yeah sorry i gotta go bye oh, there yeah. there is no over the hill mm-hmm. and i worry about that i worry about having those special people be like you know what i did believe in you guys but as time goes on it seems like it's not shaping up how it like needs to be what do you th- i feel like i have a clear picture of this though what is the difference between you and i and them yep we actually care i think we'll also show up like I think we'll we'll walk alongside. Mm, I see what you're saying. I think we will share in that moment. We won't let them handle that moment on their own. It's true. And by I think I mean a hundred percent no. That's the difference to me. Because cool. I agree with you. If we told and then watched, I would say fuck off. Right. So <laughs> but I'm- if we tell and then show up and try, they get it. They're like, yeah, you're here with us. You understand what I'm going through for real. Yeah, you're the owner. So like, it's not quite as like it's yours and you're more connected to it a little bit than I am inherently. But like, you're here. You're proving to me that this is worth it to you. And I'm not just like a a, a cog, cog in the, in the wheel machine. of making your dream work and saying it's my dream too. Right. We're trying to show them that we're going to work to get through this portion to show them as many of them as possible in the context of our growth plan that their dreams are possible to push forward to and achieve and that we will actually support them. And I think we're honest. I know we're honest there. I agree with that. I mean, that's the difference. Yeah, our intentions are totally different. I just hope no one gets too burnt out in the in-between time. Oh, yeah. And can't make it over the hump. Oh, yeah. I... I recognize that a lot of our success is revolving around the people who have chosen to walk with us and lead for us. And I would be super sad if we didn't deliver what we said we could or if we just stretched it out just a little too long and tipped some people just over the edge Mm -hmm. where they're like, man, I really do believe and I I love you guys, but I I just can't. I just can't. And Hold look, on too close. I got to let it go. I lost the edge. I lost the edge. <laughs> Cougar lost it. Turned in his wings. Turned in his wings. You guys are number one. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> yes, ma'am. 
there's no gooses here just a couple of mavericks that was a good talk um okay i gotta go to pt and then we're gonna have more meetings after that there we are okay bye shut the fuck up <laughs>I don't fucking want to join a business group. I hate fucking business people, dude. They're the worst friends for sure. Yeah. For sure. For dudes, it only takes one hand, okay? Used to be a real happy-go-lucky kind of guy. What? What? Stood up and he's like, what the fuck? And I ran away. After poop. So you play with my son. What? What? We got corrected by my mom. Only rich people name their kids Kobe. I know. What the hell are you talking about? You don't have any friends.